Well, hello and welcome to Gospel Conversations. This is Pastor Doug Dunbar at Gospel Chapel in Grand Forks, British Columbia. As a church family at Gospel Chapel, we are committed to helping people follow Jesus. And one of the ways we live out our mission is by partnering with people and organizations around the world who have the same mission. And Wycliffe Bible Translators is a well-known organization that has many workers around the world. Well, here's just a bit of history of Wycliffe Bible Translators, and this is from their website. You can go and check them out, wycliffe.ca. Wycliffe started in Guatemala. In 1917, a young American named William Cameron Townsend arrived in the Central American country to distribute Spanish Bibles among the people there, but he quickly discovered most of them did not speak or understand Spanish. They had different languages, nor did they have a written form of their own language. So Townsend abandoned his attempts to sell Spanish Bibles and began living with the people. He learned their complex language, created an alphabet for it, analyzed the grammar, and translated the New Testament in a remarkably short span of 10 years. Over time, Townsend concluded that every man, woman, and child should have access to God's Word in their native language. But he had no idea there were more than 7,300 languages used around the world. But that knowledge wouldn't have deterred Cameron Townsend at all. With other like-minded colleagues, he founded Camp Wycliffe in 1934 as a linguistics training school. And he borrowed the name Wycliffe from the pre-Reformation hero, John Wycliffe, who first translated the Bible into English. In 1942, Camp Wycliffe expanded to form two organizations, Wycliffe Bible Translators and the Summer Institute of Linguistics, now SIL International. The subsequent need for support services later led to the founding of JAARS. And I went to their website to find out what that stands for, and I couldn't find it at all. Uh, but basically what that organization is, is they provide computer, transportation, uh, networking, all sorts of technical behind-the-scenes support services so that Bible translation can happen. Uh, today, SIL and Wycliffe partner with national Bible translation organizations, such as church denominations worldwide, to translate God's Word, to promote literacy, and encourage the use of translated scripture. And while tremendous progress has been made, it is estimated that 167 million people speaking around 2,000 languages still need scripture in their language to serve them best. Well, the vision of Wycliffe is a world where translated scriptures lead to transformed lives among people of all languages. Their mission is ending Bible poverty by facilitating the translation of God's word among minority language communities worldwide. Gospel Chapel has supported Laird and Val Selkeld, who work with Wycliffe Bible Translators. They currently live in Calgary, Alberta, and Val is active in the pastoral care of workers in Wycliffe. And today on Gospel Conversations, we're going to get to know Laird and Val a bit and find out about their ministry and their life and how God is at work. But first, let's just get to know Laird and Val a bit, hear their story of how they're following Jesus, how God led them into this ministry and where they are serving today. So here is my conversation with Val Selkeld. Well, awesome. It's great to be here with uh, Laird and Val Selkeld uh, today. And uh, I, I've already kind of recorded the introduction so they know a bit about Wycliffe and uh, and what uh, what Wycliffe is all about. The, the one thing I did have a question about uh, is that there was an indication that there was uh, another organization that's connected with Wycliffe called J-A-A-R-S. Oh, JARS. Yeah. So I went to their website because I'm like, what does that stand for? It looks like an acronym. It, but I couldn't you, find any information on what that stands for other than it's just they're, they provide all the technical support. Yeah, it used to stand for uh, Jungle um, Audio and uh, Jungle something Audio Aviation Radio Services back in the day. Okay. But uh, that became less uh, relevant um, right. when the technology, of course, changed uh, decades ago now. And then jungle uh, as well was uh, didn't apply either. So right. they've long since dumped it. Now they just go with uh, uh, jars. 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 
Okay. And it's just overall technical support where whatever. Yeah. 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 All sorts of, all sorts of stuff and still do. And uh, yeah, based out of, um, I think they're at the, I think, I think they're at the, I think they're at the North Carolina Wycliffe slash jars us um place there so yeah they're alive and well and all sorts of stuff all right well uh great we're gonna get to know you just kind of get to know your story a little bit of your history i'm kind of coming in with the assumption one i don't know you all that well i've only been here for four years and we've never actually uh got got to connect uh when you have been in grand forks um, and also we have a number of people in our church that are new that might not know you either. And so, uh, for, first of all, let's just start. How did you get connected with Gospel Chapel? What's the, what's the history of your connection here? Uh, well, uh, yeah, my history is, is greater than Valerie's. So my parents retired to Grand Forks in 1976. Okay. I was 10 and, uh, we attended the Gospel Chapel mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah, and then uh, uh, Pines Camp uh, was part of that for me to some degree. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then uh, dad passed in 96 and mom passed in 2015, but mom, uh, but they both attended right up. Mom was uh, attending right till uh, to her last days in 2015. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, just buckets and buckets of connections and coming yeah. up on coming up on um, 20 years with Wycliffe and uh, gospel chapel has been a part of that. Uh, we're grateful for that as well. And yeah, still lots of family and friends in the Valley and, uh, and the lake. Okay. And um, yeah. So that's the, uh, and yeah, I got my connected. Church. Yeah. And I got connected through, through Laird where we were starting to date in the eighties. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, where, where were you both, uh, born and where did you grow up or uh, early family life? Uh, I was born in, uh, in new West and, and, and my parents were, uh, in Burnaby. So okay. that move in 76 was from, was from Burnaby, new West coast area to, uh, to Grand Forks. Okay. Awesome. So I sort of grew up half new West Burnaby and sort of half, uh, Grand Forks by the time I completed high school and, uh, and, uh, and moved to Alberta. Okay, awesome. And I was born in Calgary, but moved and grew up in Salmon Arm, BC. Okay. So sort of in the area as well. Uh, and uh, loved that. And then we were moved to Lethbridge when I was in my late teens. So been there for, uh, or yeah, that was my growing up time. Really enjoyed BC, Salmon Arm. And mm-hmm. My connection there still have connection with people right. there as well. Good. So, how how did you two meet then? Uh, how did you and Laird uh, meet Val? Uh, who who wants to tell the story? And let's see if they line up. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell the real story. <laughs> I was I was working in Calgary um, in in the eighties and, and, uh, working at a camera store and Laird was going to art, uh, Alberta college of art and design at that time. Uh, and so he was taking a photography class and needed all kinds of equipment and, Mm -hmm. and, um, developing stuff and paper and film and everything else. And so he would come into the store and see me and that's, Mm -hmm. Uh, to see me, <laughs> but he needed the he needed the equipment and and the photography stuff, and so we uh, we that's how we met. Okay. And I was new to Calgary at the time, and uh, he was wearing a little fish pin, and so mm-hmm. I was I was looking to find a church in Calgary. It's a big place, and so mm-hmm. I wasn't sure where to go to church, and so when I asked him about his fish pin. Um, whether it was just kind of decorative or if he knew what it meant, he did know what it meant. And okay. so I started attending the same church as Laird. Right. Well, there, there, there you go. Here's, here's the gospel chapel fish pin. There you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Excellent. So, so how long have you guys been married then? Or, or actually Laird, what's, what's your side of that story? 
Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I was the first year at uh, ACAD in Calgary and taking a, a photography course. Of course, this was all pre-digital. Right. So I was, I just bought a camera, an old SLR and was needing supplies on a regular basis for this class in first year right. and strolled into the shop and saw her and saw her regularly and then uh, asked her out and um, then dated for those, that time I was at ACAD and then uh, proposed last semester, like January of 90 and then married in 1990. So it'll be 32 years this July 14th. That All right. Hanging out. So mm-hmm. awesome. And, uh, you have the kids, family. Yeah. Uh, Chloe is the youngest. She's 20. She's, uh, she's, uh, yep. I think she was there right here. <laughs> yeah. there. Awesome. <laughs> she's still at home here. She's at state. Um, and then Emily, uh, she just moved to Victoria. So she's working at the hospital there. And then Clayton is, uh, married, uh, Three years this, three years this August, and uh, he's just about to leave for another season of wildfire in uh, Cypress Hills. Oh, okay. And his uh, wife is at uh, University for Psychology. Awesome. He's twenty six. Okay. And uh, Emily's twenty four, and uh, Chloe is twenty. Yeah, that's the kid thing. Good yeah. kids. They still like to hang out with us. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll take that as a win. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about your journey of faith a little bit. When did you come to faith in Jesus? And what was that? Uh, what was the process for you? Uh, what led up to that moment in your life? Well, I grew up in a Christian home. And so it was, it's sort of undefined for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember ever not being a Christian. Yeah. Although I do remember being at camp. And when I was probably about 12 and thinking, oh, so this isn't a family thing. This is a personal thing. (laughs) And uh, making a decision at camp that this was something that I wanted for myself as as well as, you know, how that was separated from my parents. I I didn't, you know, I didn't know. But I I did make that decision, was baptized about a year later. and, um, And so it was it's a it, it's a beautiful journey mm-hmm. i mean it, it because i come from it it was it feels very um holistic and it feels um supportive and mm-hmm. and it just feels like I, I not that it hasn't ever been challenged um it's grown mm-hmm. uh, but that's where that's what sort of was my starting point was that it was um it just was always right and it was always good and it was yeah. uh always meant to be a personal relationship with God and mm. and that he desired to know us and want to be connected. Right. So that's that was um that was sort of my moment, I guess, when mm-hmm. I decided that at camp. Yeah. Cool. Camp is a good place to oh, meet yeah. Jesus. Yeah, for sure. As, uh, um, back when I was when, when I was growing up, uh, we came to the Pines uh, during the summers as well. So uh, lots mm-hmm. of lots of good memories and and key key decision moments for for me uh, were actually right here at Pines Bible Camp. So yeah, yeah, camp oh. camp's a great time. Yeah, Laird, mm-hmm. how about your how about yourself? Uh, similar. Uh, similar to Valerie, I'm born and raised in a Christian home and always going to church and Sunday school and always knowing the uh, Christian uh, story. Um, and of course, uh, Gospel Chapel as a kid was a big part of that and uh, Boys Brigade and uh, some key individuals there, uh, mm-hmm. Rick Friesen and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Tim Martins. And, and, uh, Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. Both of those are my uncles. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Oh. Uh, and then a little bit of a little bit of pines in there. Yeah. Um, strayed, strayed uh, during my teenage years, but again, a couple more key relationships: uh, Bruce Jepson and Tim Pauls, who mm-hmm. who did not stray. Um, so when I found myself alone in Calgary, uh, about a year before I met Valerie, um, I returned, came back to God, and said, 
you know, last several years, uh, I haven't seemed to done anything uh, well with them. So why don't you take this life, God, and uh, and uh, and then things just took off. The whole uh, my education and meeting Valerie and marriage and moving and work and then uh, uh, returning to the church, of course, at that time. Uh, and then years subsequent and Wycliffe and it's just been, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy, cool, wild ride since. So yeah, no, uh, no regrets. I remember my 19th birthday in a park alone in Calgary and, uh, finished my last pick, last pack of cigarettes and said, all right, God, you're on, go for it <laughs> <laughs> and haven't looked back. So it's been good. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that's, that's great to hear your journey, your story with that. Um, when did you sense God calling you to full-time ministry and, and what was that journey like? Cause uh, you were going to school for photography, value or working and, uh, you, you, you're married now and there's, there's this kind of push, uh, so something led you into, uh, pursuing, uh, full-time ministry. What was that? Yeah, I was I was in school for graphic design, and mm-hmm. uh, having returned to the the faith just a year before, and uh, really sort of viewing this this direction and guidance from God with regards to design and 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 so forth, I was really grateful for that. So mm-hmm. I was very conscious during my entire uh, uh, years at uh, design school that I wanted to I wanted to do graphic design wherever God wanted me to do it. And uh, my mother was familiar with Word Life Magazine, which was a publication of Book of Canada in, uh, in Calgary. And I was in Calgary. So I, I met Wycliffe Folk and showed them my portfolio a year or two before I even graduated. Okay. And a key relationship there with uh, Dwayne Janke, who was the editor of the magazine, hmm. proved to be, you know, the beginning of a, of a very uh, slow, gentle recruitment process. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we married, moved to Edmonton, and uh, and then moved back to Calgary and moved to Rosebud. I worked in a couple of different places. Valerie worked as a, we moved to Edmonton for Valerie's sign language interpreter. So she was working as a sign language interpreter, again, while we moved to Edmonton and Calgary and Rosebud and back to Edmonton. And then, yeah, I had done some freelance stuff for Wycliffe while I was doing other graphic design stuff, taught for a while in Edmonton, mm-hmm. and then just figured well, I should just triple check to see if this Wycliffe thing is supposed to happen or not. You know, mm. we've been sort of nibbling around the edges for the longest time. And then, um, yeah, sure enough, it did. We went through the whole process in, in 2000, 2001, and then joined. And uh, I could see God throughout that whole process. And then moved to Calgary from Edmonton in 2002 to uh, join Wycliffe full-time and, um of course, the irony now is that uh, is that my role has changed, and and in recent years, and Valerie's has uh, exploded. And uh, again, the irony there is that when we moved in two thousand two, she was sort of reluctant. She was quite content in Edmonton, you know, mm. nice house, nice neighborhood. I could walk to work, walk Clayton to kindergarten, and everything mm. was fine. Um, and then I, uh, or God, I will say, <laughs> sort of mixed things up, and so we ended up coming to Calgary. But Valerie is. Uh, quite openly tells a different uh, experience. She <laughs> so I'll go next. <laughs> I never wanted to be in full-time ministry. <laughs> and I knew even when we were dating that, that, it, um, that his, the gratitude that he felt um, for just being able to get the education that he had and, and the, the work that he was doing that he wanted to use it for God in some capacity. And he had talked about ministry and I was thinking, well, that'll change. Um, (laughs) And so when he said, you know, well, we kind of nibbled around the edges about, you know, applying for Wycliffe. I was always, always digging in my heels and saying, no, I don't feel like I'm called to ministry. And, and the application process with Wycliffe is quite extensive. Right. There were home visits, there were interviews, there were all kinds of different things. It was an extensive process. Mm. And so um, the last part of it was what they called a Wycliffe orientation course. Okay. And it was a two-week 
pro like process. And we met people that were working on the field at the home office. And, um, and basically it was a time to get to know who Wycliffe is and what they do. And I, at this point, Clayton and Emily were, um, I don't know, three and four or something. And I was pregnant with um, Chloe and I agreed to go to this Wycliffe orientation course thinking in my head, we're going to go and finally Laird will hear from God that we are not supposed to be missionaries. (laughs) And of course, that. (laughs) Is not what happened. But God, (laughs) he was very clearly Mm. speaking to me at that time, just saying, I, because I was looking for something really clear. I was looking for, Mm. you know, the big talking donkey stopping you in the middle of the road and just a real Mm -hmm. uh, voice saying, this is the direction. But what I heard instead was just God saying, I am asking you to be obedient. Mm. And for now, that means Wycliffe. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I knew that uh, Wycliffe was on the horizon. Right. And uh, I didn't know how long that would be. Um mm-hmm. Wycliffe is this organization that has a lot of longtime members. They're lifers. Uh, They have (laughs) lots of people who join and stay for 40, 50 years. That's not uncommon. Right. Even now. Mm -hmm. And so, but I I couldn't fathom that. And so to think that we are Mm -hmm. now with Wycliffe for 20 years is pretty amazing to me and God is good he yeah. has really brought me along <laughs> yes. well, and, and and your role is is maybe a little different than what a lot of people I think would mm-hmm. picture when you say oh I'm with Wycliffe Bible Translators you know they kind of picture you're out in the bush somewhere with a bunch of people and you're trying to figure out their language and translate the Bible into but there is that that's kind of the end product or the goal, but there is so much more to Wycliffe because for that to happen, there's a lot of other support things that come that, that have to come around that. Right. And then there's, you know, just communication and there's literacy and language training and there's so many layers to it that it's not just people out in the bush trying to write out the new Testament in a new language. Uh, So, so what, what is your role uh, now, um, there was graphic design uh, with Laird, and uh, uh, but but you said some of these roles have changed o- o- over the over the last number of years. So, can you just kind of talk a little bit about about that and what you what your role in Wycliffe is? Sure. Yeah. So my uh, relationship with Wycliffe changed a few years ago for a couple of reasons. I went from being a member to essentially being a contractor. Um, <clears throat> Wycliffe Communications was going through a big big rethink with lots of changes. And uh, I didn't fit in the same way. Mm. And then, uh, frankly, financially, it just wasn't viable. We couldn't, uh, the whole two-for-one thing just wasn't viable. So I became a contractor. That contract has changed, and actually it's it's, uh, less and less as of late, but still doing some stuff for them. And and, uh, the latest news is that contract may change again uh, for the better come Mm. the fall, but that's that's pretty early yet, um, so I probably shouldn't have said anything. So, still doing, still doing, still doing graphic design on a on a small to medium uh, uh, contract basis, mm. and uh, find myself on site there once in a while, and um, still got a workstation for me. The guy that replaced me, that replaced the gal that replaced me, um, has been uh, very generous, mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> with uh with space and uh and work so uh very grateful for that still still a connection there still still frankly in awe that Wycliffe does what they do it is just it's i mean uh just mind-boggling and um and our next newsletter is going to have the uh, annual stats for um 
for the various projects that Wycliffe uh, Canada was involved in this last year. So, right. yeah, it's changed and lessened a bit, mm-hmm. but um, still solid. And uh, and uh, and the future is uh, and the future is a little bright as of late. So awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's my role. Okay. And so for my role, um, I started going into the office um, more part-time in about 2007. Up until that point, I was home with the kids and mm-hmm. and just uh, taking care of that in, mm-hmm. in that capacity. Yeah. And um, so I started in prayer ministries mm-hmm. and there was there's been a couple of um, changes in executive directors over the years. Mm-hmm. And so one that came in at about in about 2009, um, when we met and, and were chatting, he really wanted to meet all of the staff that he could mm-hmm. for, for Wycliffe, which is a big ask because yep. there's 450 <laughs> of us. And we're all over the world. And so he met as many of them on Canadian soil as he could. And so he was traveling all over the place, trying to meet people and just find out more about what was important to people. Mm. Um, Because before that, people were doing their jobs and they were doing a great thing. Like you had the translators or or working with the people trying to figure out their languages and and all of the, those pieces of, of translation, but how did the, the support roles fit? Mm. And so he wanted to talk about prayer ministries and, and what does it mean for me and what does it mean for our staff? And he was really, um, he was really good at bringing people together and saying, we're not silos you can't work over here and have it not affect the people that are over here. Yeah. And so he was really good in saying, okay, now we need to talk. Everybody needs to, um, to work together. And so it's, you know, if you want to call them silos, uh, each yeah. the departments were silos. He was good at breaking down the silos nice. and, and bringing people together and prayer ministries he saw as as a vital piece of that mm. and so it went from being just sending out newsletters of people's prayer requests to mm-hmm. um he he actually invited me to sort of work with him and work all around with our staff and so all of a sudden i was connecting with all of our staff mm-hmm. and so i went for uh direct um, training in spiritual direction right. in 2010 mm. and 11. And, um, and that was really helpful to help me mm. do my job well mm. and, and be able to connect with people as they went through this shift too. all of a sudden right. now we're expected to work with all these other departments <laughs> and, and how does that fit? And yeah. it would cause stress for some people and um and so that it was just it was a really good time hmm. and then in 2000 and um well we got another president and and he has been moving forward in um making things more um yeah we'll get into that later but it, for my role Uh, Now I work in prayer ministries and there's sort of two parts to it. There's the Mm -hmm. spiritual enrichment side or the spiritual formation side. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the reaching out to churches and individuals and inviting them to be prayerfully involved with the work of Wycliffe and our, um, the projects and the people that we have, the partners that we have all over the world and not just uh, the individual staff people. So, and I'm the spiritual formation side of it. So now I'm a chaplain. Okay. And that's um, uh, just, just thinking back a little bit, you said there's about 450 uh, Mm -hmm. people in in Wycliffe, but that's Wycliffe Canada, right? Is that 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not the global Wycliffe International. I mean, that would be a much bigger number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wycliffe U.S. would be would be the largest Wycliffe organization. They're about ten times the size. Yeah. And then there's uh, Wycliffe Canada, and then uh, Wycliffe UK. I think is around uh, two hundred. Those would be the those would be the three largest. But there's there's uh, eighty two. Um, just so Wycliffe Global Alliance would be the umbrella, and then right. there's eighty two. You know whether there's in Korea or Australia yeah. or India or they're just Wycliffe all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, several countries. It's it's a multinational missions agency it's not like a north american we're going to the world it's the world yeah. everywhere with yeah. one task yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and you mentioned jars earlier we were just talking about wickliffe the other our organization um mm-hmm. or organizations there's ken il which trains yep. uh, out of uh, langley and then of course there's uh, sil which is kind of like the uh again training uh training and, and projects out of the u.s yeah, yeah, no, I've, uh, when I was at Axe Seminaries, um, I, I did my master's degree there, and there were a number of students in my Hebrew classes, because I did an Old Testament uh, specialization, but a number of students in my Hebrew classes were SIL students, or Kenil students, yeah. cool. uh, wow. we were prepping for, for overseas, um, overseas translation work, okay. so. Yeah, actually, the majority of them were. <laughs> yeah, most of the grads from CanIL end up joining Wycliffe and SIL and, yep. and uh, work yep. overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and actually, a lot of my uh, a lot of my master's thesis work, I relied a lot on SIL um, research um, in in Hebrew uh, linguistics. Uh, right. so, yeah, yeah, they. Um, they, they impact a lot of ministries other than just Bible translation. It's a Bible scholarship and uh, 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 across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Their linguists, their linguistic expertise is recognized across yeah. all governments and NGOs. And, 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 and yeah, it's, it's quite impressive. And can I all of course as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, so currently you're, um, so, so uh, Laird, you're you're con- on a contract basis, uh, still doing graphic design stuff. Val's role is shifting a lot into mm-hmm. kind of pastoral care chaplaincy, mm-hmm. um, and, and so let, let's we're, we just want to dive into some of the current ministry realities and, and what's going on uh, in in the day to day stuff right now. Uh, what are you seeing uh, God doing in in people's lives as you're kind of fulfilling this this role and as this role has grown? It has been such an amazing um, joy to work with our staff all over the world. Um, It's been when pre-COVID, it was, I was meeting with people mainly in our office, which uh, had about 45 people that would come to the office regularly. Um, But since COVID, I have been connecting with people all across Canada and some Mm -hmm. in different parts of the world. And so it has been a time where people are wanting to, I mean, like we're finding in churches too, is what is God doing? What, What is going on here? And so we have people all over the spectrum, whether they are, angry, whether they are um, confused or frustrated or fearful. Mm-hmm. And, and so just wanting to, to talk about their, their contexts. Yeah. And, um, and so meeting with people via zoom like this mm-hmm. has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, people that I didn't know before and, and what a joy that God is is opening those doors mm-hmm. to names of people that I always saw come across my desk because I'm praying for them. Right. And I get to see their faces mm. in, and pray for their ministry in a very different way and pray for them and pray for their people that they work with. Right. But most recently, um, just on Saturday, we had what they call a scripture celebration, which they do yep. um, every year. And so they celebrate the different 
translations that have been completed. Mm. And so whether that's New Testament, Old Testament, or the whole Bible. And so we celebrated 17 new um, translations. And this is really exciting. Uh, it, It covered, you know, 17 or 50 countries, like, because there's some people groups that are in different parts of the world. And, and um, so we heard stories about how uh, in one part of the world, it's a sensitive area location. So I'm not exactly sure where it was, uh, but he was telling us how they had completed this translation, but in order to get it published, Mm -hmm. it had to be put brought to the government local government office to and so all of the government had to read the the transcript and so they read the bible in their language and it's a muslim nation and it was just incredible how people were reading this and asking questions and 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 just seeing a real difference in in like that's amazing yeah. and that's the kind of story that just inspires me so it was approved and it was printed and they even got mm-hmm. a local uh, uh muslim well-known famous voice actor to do the audio version of it wow. and uh he would take copies of it home and read it to his family and uh had this great quote about how when he when he when he reads when he reads this uh, new testament he uh he burns right. inside Huh. So just crazy, crazy stories, cross-cultural, cross-faiths of, of, of mm-hmm. God getting this done, regardless of local context, national right. um, restrictions, even oppression. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, every year, just story after story after story all over the globe about, wow, a God is unstoppable. And it's mm-hmm. just... And and people who who would say they're opposed to God and opposed to um, you know uh, 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 Christian faith, um, working with it, right? And ah, yeah, just tingles, just just blows me away. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, you're you're against it, but have you ever read the story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they're not opposed to reading the story, right? You know, yeah. especially Old Testament. They got no problems reading that at all. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. So, so what are some of the challenges you're facing currently in, in ministry? In my ministry, I feel like there are um, just regular connection hmm. uh, with people. I feel like that at the same time that things have really opened up, it, it's hard to to have the regular flow in order to really um, connect well with people. And so whether that's in the Calgary office, uh, one of the main roles that I have with in uh, main pieces of my role is uh, facilitating our weekly chapel time. And so as you may have noticed in your own um, uh, services and online uh, it can go quite up and down. Yep. <laughs> so it's just so having some some regular um, connection is is a, is a challenge, and yep. people are tired. I, yep. I recently read an article on on pandemic flux mm. and how we are we want to connect, and yet this isn't the connection we want, and and so it's doing funny things to our bodies and our minds and our hearts. And, and yeah. so that that's a challenge for me personally. Laird is, I, I want Laird to chat about um, a challenge that um, in translation mm. that uh, Prescience Labs, an innovative or um, lab that Wycliffe has. Um, I'm going to let him talk about that. Okay. Well, there's a, the, the historical ongoing challenge with translation projects is, is um, <clears throat> speed. Yeah. You know, there's enough sort of logistical and technical uh, and uh, political and geopolitical delays mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it can 
take the process longer than uh, than than they would like it. But the biggest challenge there is is software. So right. the latest thing is, you know, technology is always developing, and the, uh, the initial sort of I guess what they would call first draft software technology mm. has come a long ways. So Wycliffe is playing a role with that, uh, creating a, a software development team to uh, to make improvements in the process of doing this now of of adapting and changing and developing this first draft translation software so that it can do an initial first draft translation um, uh, much faster uh, mm. than than uh, previously. So right. that's significance. The big the big buzzword around that. Around Wycliffe Canada is called is uh, they call it Prescience Labs. They got a website. There's a bunch more information there. Okay, but that's the big challenge is is um, doing that initial first draft mm-hmm. uh, rough translation um, as quicker and quicker and quicker because again the technology is allowing for it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then the, the challenges. The other challenges is that the remaining languages are um, are rural, mm-hmm. and um, other challenges there, of course, is that there uh, there uh, is access. Those those mm-hmm. those people groups in those places are um, are uh, less receptive to right. uh, you know where Wycliffe is coming from faith wise. So that's yeah. that's an ongoing challenge, and then. The other challenge that comes with with that uh, uh, religious climate and that rural is um, local translators. So right. one of the biggest challenges they've mm-hmm. that they've that Wycliffe has faced and has met, frankly, is having more and more locals on the translation team because they really are the experts in the language. Yeah. Um, well, that becomes a challenge when you're in uh, uh, company uh, countries that are less receptive to to um, translation work and specifically translation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lack of educated locals, frankly. Yeah. Um, and uh, with that, there can be a lack of ownership. It's not the old model of, of Wycliffe blowing in there and, and doing this uh, translation, then leaving is, has, has long since been, um, has long since been uh, dispelled. And that was a, a, a yeah. challenge in and of itself that Wycliffe has been aware of for decades. So yeah, in some respects, it's sort of same old, same old uh, mm. when it comes to some politics and faith, as far as challenges are concerned. Yeah. But it's also new and exciting with this um, with the software developments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't really maybe understand about the whole process. Uh, I think coming from you know a very Western educated society is that you can't just translate it into uh, a target language and give them a book and walk away because you didn't teach them how to read. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or they didn't do the translation themselves. So there's, there's a lack of ownership. And yeah, then that, and then exactly. that moves, and that moves into, and that moves into the local church. If there is one using right. cultures. Yeah. Yes. If the people are, are educated and interested and receptive and get involved then they're going to use it and they're going to use it in the context of, of the church, even if the church officially isn't there yet. It's it's only a matter of time before it comes in some respects, yeah. especially if there's a translation of the project. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of chicken and egg challenge there, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then just the long range, you know, we've done this translation work. What's the long game after it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, all sorts of accompanying materials, whether it's whether it's yeah. local, whether it's local secular government stuff or whether it's uh children's education, uh, literacy and development, or whether it is, um, yeah, accompanying, accompanying, uh, uh, information for, for further education. Again, whether it's Sunday school or, or, or adults, you know, beyond high school and so forth. And in many places, it is starting there. It is starting Mm -hmm. with the dictionary. It's starting with, um, preschools and, and schools. The other part of that, of course, are sign language, sign languages. Mm-hmm. There is over 400 sign languages that are, um, they are working on video. Okay. And wow. there are parts of the world that have only oral storying. Um, okay. And yeah. so how do you translate the Bible orally for that? Right. So yeah. that's, there's all kinds of different things that <laughs> need to be considered. Yeah, the sign language thing is a is a real a real uh, 
significant development in translation globally. And the challenge there, I guess, is that uh, many deaf people in various cultures are um, marginalized compared to a deaf right. community in you know Vancouver or, or yeah. Calgary or or even Grand Forks. Yeah. So that's a there's a sort of a sub challenge in the context of that one specific genre of translation, if you will, the uh, right. sign language. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess that would go for even. I mean, there's there's sign language, and then there's also uh, Braille. You know, just kind yeah. of flip that into to to you know um, uh, yeah, yeah. navigate that. Oh, very very interesting. Yeah, lot, lots of challenges. Um, uh, of course, the last two years has been very challenging, and I think we've touched on this all, already. Uh, but how has the last two years really had? You know, you've had to change how you do things out of necessity. Uh, especially, and Val, you've already kind of touched on this uh, with with uh, being able to connect with all of the, you know, uh, beyond the office. Uh, but but how is? Uh, are there any other uh, things that you've seen that kind of has reshaped the approach to ministry for you? I think the the reshaping has been really good mm. um, in in. When I, I was mentioning that chapel is one of the largest parts of my role, mm -hmm. and because we have staff across the country, um, they would hear we're doing chapel, and, they, and we get to hear all these stories uh, during chapel, and other parts of Canada were, or the world were saying, how come we can't, you know, be a part of that? Right. And so in... January of 2020, mm. we launched the very first virtual chapel. Okay. And right. then we had one in February and we're just planning one for it. We were thinking, oh, it'll be a monthly virtual chapel, which right. turned into, oh my goodness, God saw this coming <laughs> <laughs> and made it and set it up before we knew we needed it. Right. And so that reshaping has been really good mm -hmm. um, because it has connected people that were isolated and then became they also those who became right. isolated. Yep. And so that reshaping has been very good. And I don't think we will go back to mm. only in person. Right. I think that we have a lot of people that have been saying, please don't go back to only in person and they want this hybrid thing. And so that part of it has, has reshaped yep. what, what I do. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's reshaped staff meetings and how we connect with our partners on the field. And it's, and video conferencing has been a big part of, uh, the global mm -hmm. uh, context for ever for a long time, right. yeah. um, but it's sort of reshaped how we're doing things in the office. But at the same time, now I'm not quite so inclined to go into the office <laughs> because there's so few people there. Right. And, and so that's, that's something we need to figure out too. Yeah. And um, I think that there are some people that, I mean, we're just waiting until the fall mm. to see how things kind of land right. um, before they make the decision to come back into the office or not. Mm. So it's, okay. it's been a good thing and it's been a challenging thing too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, in some ways, if we weren't socially awkward before COVID, we sure are now. <laughs> yeah. You know, other than other than in this format, it's kind of like, ah, we don't know what to, you know, yeah, we're 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 all, I think, on some level struggling to re rethink how we engage relationally now. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I love this too. This <laughs> this isn't something that I we've been able to do with or even thought to do with churches in the past right. yeah and this opportunity is just such a gift and i yeah. really appreciated that yeah yeah, yeah. no I've, as as i've been doing these and we've been connecting with some of our missionaries who are overseas who are you know when when are we going to see them next it might be five years it might be we don't know mm -hmm. um you know i got uh, back in january got to connect with one of our missionaries who's in ukraine mm -hmm. uh, before the invasion and wow 
you know, and we've been able to kind of keep in contact, but they're right in the thick of it right now. But it was, you know, um, we're not going to get to connect. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the missionary letters are great. Um, the once every two to five years visits are awesome. Um, but I'm sensing more of a disconnect, um, and our people don't connect as much anymore. So, uh, so this format I think is really helping us to really reconnect Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, with all the missionaries that we support. Um, yeah, so, thank you for this. This is good. And thank yeah. you that uh, you seem to be, uh, like, good at it. Get on your talk. Like, <laughs> I think it's that hard. So thanks for your interest and thanks for your... Uh, your uh, yes. I don't know, your... Uh, your interest, your interest, interest. So, yeah. yeah, this is this has been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's for for um just as we get close to wrapping up here, what's God laying on your heart for for this year for 2022? What's kind of what's he put on your heart? What's your divine imperative that, that keeps you focused and serving? And mm-hmm. what are you anticipating? I'm quite excited about mm-hmm. um what's coming up in my role because uh as I mentioned. I've just finished this education piece, and and so I'm looking at how we were talking about reshaping and and how I can reshape some of the things that I have ahead of me, whether that is chapel, whether that's spiritual direction, whether Mm -hmm. that is um, connecting with people in the office and and, um, just being with people in a, in a new way. Um, I think one of your other missionaries was talking about the, the support that their staff needs. And, and I see that in so many conversations. And so that, um, at some, sometimes I feel like we are, you know, are, I am with Jesus on that mountain just wanting to pray over mm. Jerusalem over our people mm. over to to just um pray with them and for them and so that really keeps me focused because people have been so open and generous with their their spiritual lives that mm. I feel like I'm holding their sacred story right and so that is what I have ahead of me. Awesome. Yeah. I guess for me, um, I mean, the nature of contract work is that it changes. That's what we like about it. But that also has some uh, trepidation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm wondering if the contract is going to change, uh, in, in my case, for the better, come, uh, come summer, come fall. So I'll be tracking on that. And, and uh chatting with some folks there. And then um, I still do some freelance graphic design on the side, which is always mm-hmm. a blast and always fun and working from home. Yeah. And um, yeah, having just launched Emily, still sort of in home kid mode, launching Emily right. and uh, and uh, praying for Clayton's safety come wildfire and Jory's mm-hmm. future with her education. And yeah. uh, Chloe's with us for another year, if not uh, longer. So um yeah, I guess the, one of the changes for me and that I'm excited about from year to year has been more, more home time, more kid time, more neighbor time, more mm-hmm. serving in, serving in our local little church. More, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a fun, cool, exciting place that's growing and more and more more and more uh, diverse. Yeah, and um, yeah, so more and more involved there is what uh, 22 is looking like for me on the graphic design uh, church family front. Right on, right on. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna link uh, the Wycliffe website here in the in the description uh, below. Uh, is there any other um, ways we can maybe connect, find out more about what you you guys are doing? Um, you have a newsletter that comes out. Is that uh, just paper or digital now? Uh, and is there a way to subscribe to that? Or uh, if people want to just kind of be a little more connected, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the the newsletter comes up four times a year. It's typically it's it's uh, 
Yeah, 200 plus people get that via MailChimp. So they could email me that and I could add them to the list and they would get that four times a year. Um, and then we can provide some other stuff, uh, like a link to uh, Preston's Labs. We can okay. provide that as well. Yep. That's, the, that's the latest, greatest on the Wickliffe Canada, Wickliffe Canada front. Right. Um, and then uh, what else? Those are the two. Valerie's certainly available for any uh, speaking engagements. She did a women's uh, prayer thing at the Pines a few years ago that I think was yeah. well received and, uh, and uh, so forth. And um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? What else yeah. was there? No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And uh, I mean, you're, you're not that far away. And so, you know, ho- hopefully we'll, we'll see you in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, well, we were down there in July for sure because okay. one of my nephews has put together a little family reunion. Okay. We're going to be up, all of us Sockles are going to be up at the Pavan Ranch for uh, July. Right. We're hoping to kick around before and or after that. So we'll be there in July. Okay. And then in the past, sometimes we've made it there for Thanksgiving. My uh, my brother's in-laws are very generous to Henshaw. So we've been there. So we okay. might, be back, might be back there in uh, October for a, a Henshaw Thanksgiving. All right. Try a turkey in the driveway. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll look forward to to seeing you in person, and uh, and we'll talk about uh, have, having you guys here on a on a Sunday, uh, and and maybe do something there too. All right. Uh, Thank you. Cool. 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 But we'll uh, we'll 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 talk about that later. Uh, how can we how can we pray for you in the in this season that you're in right now? Um. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, same old, same old. We're certainly grateful for uh, for all the prayers and encouragement, yes. and of course, uh, finances that the Gospel Chapel have uh, have uh, provided very generous. And thanks for mm-hmm. sticking with us through all these yeah. crazy times and changes yeah. and so forth. Um, specific prayer requests, I guess, for me would be what this contract looks like or doesn't look mm-hmm. like in the coming months. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Pray for our family. Yeah. I, I mean, it's always, I don't know, I feel like it's always the mom saying, pray for the family. <laughs> but yes, pray for our family, yeah. please. Right. And and I always felt that that was a, a really meaningful. People, when people, being at the Gospel Chapel, people always ask about our kids. Mm. And that's so yeah. meaningful to us. Yep. And so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And please keep going. Uh, they're young adults, and and yeah. it's just um, I think there's lots to sort through, you know, and mm-hmm. and just they are doing well. We're very proud and happy with where mm-hmm. they're at in life, but I really feel that that has because of the prayers of yeah. the people. So please continue to pray for them, and. Um, Probably for me, uh, it's very easy to become weary. Yeah. And so pray for um, restorative rest mm. when I can get yeah. it. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And to uh, it's it's been good to kind of get to know you a little bit. And uh, and hear your journey, and also just kind of what God's doing in your uh, in, in and through your ministry, and uh, great great to get to know you, and we'll look forward to seeing you hopefully in uh, in July here, and uh, and so yeah, thank you so much uh, for taking the time uh, this morning uh, to chat with me. Thank you, Doug. This is uh, this is good, and uh, nice. hi to everyone there, and um, yeah, hopefully see you in July. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was great to talk with Val and Laird Salkel today from Wycliffe Bible Translators. For more information on Wycliffe, uh, head over to wycliffe.ca. That's the uh, Wycliffe or Wycliffe. It depends on how you want to pronounce that. Um, Canada, (coughs) the Canadian website. And right on that front page, as soon as you get there, you'll find some fascinating statistics. One of the things that really caught me uh, when I looked at it was that there are, again, there are about 7,400 languages spoken worldwide, 
But guess what percentage of those actually have the complete Bible translated into that, into that language? 10. 10%. <clears throat> so only about 70, 740 languages out of 7,400 actually have the Bible translated. 37% uh, have portions, but 54% have yet to even have a single verse translated. 54% of the languages spoken around the world do not even have a single verse translated into their heart language. And so that's, that's amazing. This is, this is one of the reasons we support uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators is that they are working so very hard in so many areas uh, to increase literacy, increase uh, quality of life through literacy and education, but most importantly, translating God's Word. And so uh, take some time, go to Wycliffe.ca uh, or SIL.org. SIL.org is the Summer Institute of Linguistics. That's a much broader uh, organization, but very, very key. Uh, SIL has a school on the Trinity Western campus, uh, Can Isle or Canadian Institute of Linguistics. And they do, uh, they do great work there. I actually used, a, used their library and resources as I was working on my master's thesis, uh, but just uh, so, some great scholars and, uh, and linguistics uh, is there. And then uh, the J-A-A-R-S, the JARS, uh, they have a website too. You can look that up. And, uh, and these links I'll be posting in the, uh, in the description below. Well, <clears throat> thank you again for joining us for Gospel Conversations. Please give this uh, video a like. Uh, if you have not subscribed, hit the, uh, hit the icon right here in the bottom corner and you can subscribe to the Gospel Chapel. Hit the bell uh, for, to, to get notifications when we upload videos. And uh, we will see you next time uh, on Gospel Conversations.